Death is a reality. It's hard to admit, but it's true. The Bible acknowledges the fact that death is real. Psalms 89.48 says, What man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? We know the answer to that is, at this point, no one has ever delivered themselves from the power of the grave, none other than the Son of God. In James chapter 4, the brother of Christ who rose from the grave said, What is your life? It is even a vapor that disappears for a little time and then vanishes away. If we live to be over a hundred, in comparison to eternity and the universe, our life is just a vapor. If we live to be 10,000, our life would be just a vapor. Because eternity minus 10,000 years equals eternity. Life is a vapor because death is a reality. And death is our enemy. There's nothing good about it. It hurts. Sometimes the process of dying hurts to the point that death for some brings relief. But it's still death and it's not good. It makes us cry. It causes tears. It takes. It steals. It does not give back. It plagues us as creation groans for the redemption of the sons of God that we look forward to. But the good news today is Christ is death's enemy. Death is our enemy, but Christ is the enemy of death. And Hosea, it is prophesied about Jesus in chapter 13. This messianic passage says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your plagues. O grave, I will be your destruction. Pity is hidden from my eyes. From those verses, I gather the truth that when death is completely destroyed, God will show no pity. In Isaiah, the 25th chapter, the prophet said that the Messiah would swallow up death forever and the Lord God would wipe away all tears from all faces. He is death's enemy. Christ is death's enemy. And he will destroy death. 1 Corinthians 15 says, For as in Adam all die. Our forefathers' sin brought death into the human race. We all die. But in Christ all shall be shall be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. So we look forward to the return of Christ because that is the redemption of the sons of God. Verse 24 says, Then the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father and puts it in to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign... Till he, meaning Christ, has put all enemies under his feet. And verse 26, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. The fulfillment of the verse we quoted earlier, O grave, I will be your destruction. 1 Corinthians 15 asks the question, O grave, where is your sting? Christ came to free us from the fear of death. Even though death continues to be a reality until He puts death under our feet, 
We no longer have to be afraid of death. Hebrews chapter 2 talks about us experiencing death. It says that Jesus likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The root of all our fears is death. Whether you're afraid of heights or you're afraid of being buried alive, closed in spaces, it ultimately, if you chase it to its most logical conclusion, the root of that fear is the fear of death. Christ came to remove the fear of death for us so that through faith in Him and His finished work and the fact that personally death is under His feet and we have the promise of His return of putting death under our feet, death is simply for the believer a point of transition that hurts for us but not for the one that's gone on. When we escape the bondage of time, there'll be no more tears. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more grave. Christ, who conquered death for us, will fulfill His promise. And this freedom from fear of death comes through faith in the resurrection. History States, something happened 2,000 plus years ago. There was a death. The Son of God died for us. It was committed by professional executioners who knew what they were doing. There was a grave. It was borrowed. He needed it for three days. He was put in that grave. It's in the historical record. And that grave was sealed with a Roman seal. And was placed under guard 24-7 to keep anyone from stealing the body. Because Christ had predicted His resurrection. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Christ's enemies actually served the purposes of God. They wanted to assure themselves that there would be no fake resurrection. And in so doing, they proved the case. There were guards and yet the body disappeared. For 40 days He appeared to His disciples here and there. At one point, up to 500 people, eyewitnesses, of his resurrection. His most fearful followers became bold witnesses for the resurrection, and most of them died horrible, torturous deaths, and yet not one of them recanted their faith in it. 300 years later, after triple centuries of trying to wipe out the resurrection story, the Roman Empire embraced it. And time as we know it was marked by his resurrection. This is the year 2013 because of the resurrection. If God could penetrate the unbelief of your heart and plant the seeds of faith where you would realize the Son of God died for our sins and He is risen from the dead, that is the beginning of freedom from the fear of death. Tabitha is gone for now. But this is not goodbye forever. This is goodbye for now. And we must face the future. May God bring comfort and strength to the hearts of those that were hurt the most in the waiting period between now and when they are reunited with the one they love so much. And He is able to do it. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, I pray that Your comforting Holy Spirit would fill this room today, touch every life, and fill every person with Your comforting presence 
Fill them with the conviction of the fact of the resurrection and of the conviction of the fact of the future hope that we have in seeing our loved ones. And Lord, I pray that you would bring strength and healing in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, for those who are angry. I pray, Lord, that your perfect love would come and bring peace. Those that are in denial, I pray, Lord, that your perfect love would come and enable them with strength to face what has happened. I pray, Lord, you'd use us as a community not to rush anyone through this season of mourning, but, Lord, you would use us as instruments of life to bring peace and hope and love where it is needed the most. Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us in this service today. We ask you, Lord, to use us throughout the rest of the day and onward to bring life to the Harkins and the Swain families. In Jesus' name, amen.